0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Friday Reporter Podcast. It's a podcast where me, Lisa, the host, interviews journalists and the journalism adjacent about their work. The Friday Reporter Podcast is in partnership with PR Daily. And if you don't know about PR Daily, it is a tremendous uh, resource for communicators like myself and you and and the folks you work with. Uh, PR Daily actually just launched what's called the PR Daily Leadership Network. It's a peer-to-peer brainstorming and networking opportunity for mid-level communicators, Uh, access to uh, measurement of SEO, uh, business fluency, presentation training, lots of other opportunities there at prdaily.com. If you're interested in the PR Daily Leadership Network, be sure to mention that you heard about it on the Friday Reporter Podcast to receive $500 off of your membership. Well, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast. I've got Josh Siegel today with me, who is an energy and environment reporter for uh, Politico, who is also just coming off of uh, Clean Energy Week, and he's moving into another big energy month with the White House making an announcement about focus on that issue. So, Josh, thanks so much for letting me grab you for a few minutes this morning. How are you? absolutely.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Doing great.
0: Yeah. So, Josh, uh, so you yourself also are a podcaster. So, I'm grateful to chat with another uh, fellow person who's spending a little time doing some writing and doing some broadcasting and some other things. Talk to me a little bit about uh, how you got started in journalism.
1: Yeah. So, I originally wanted to be a sports writer, sports reporter. That was my dream as, as far back as I can remember was a grew up in chicago huge chicago sports fan yeah big city for sports yeah uh, you know did this did the high school newspaper did i remember i did some even like hip-hop album reviews it was kind of all over not politics yet didn't catch the political bug uh, until later and then in college i went to florida gulf coast university which is a small school kind of in naples fort myers florida actually the area that was just hit by uh, yeah i was gonna ask you about that yeah and uh and yeah, like kind of late in my maybe senior year, I just decided like sports, I don't know, it's it's great to have as a hobby, but do I want to do that day in, day out and like mm-hmm. follow a team? I don't know if that's really, uh, you know, piquing my curiosity and I, I kind of want to, you know, keep learning and, and things like that um, and, and challenge myself. So I, yeah, I kind of decided late in, in college, I'll, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get on the traditional news side and and, uh, you know, do some reporting and, and from there did some kind of freelance and, uh, you know, Naples, Naples Daily News, their, their daily newspaper, mm-hmm. worked for a local television station out of college and also in the area in Fort Myers, kind of sitting at the at the uh, newsroom desk, listening to the police scanner. And, you nice. know, that, that was a lot of fun making calls. Um, whenever something happened out, out in the streets of Fort Myers and then uh, did some <laughs> local news reporting, um, you know, in southwest Florida. Just Kind of covering a bunch of different beats, school right. board, uh, county commission, all sorts of things, cutting and, your teeth there, yeah, yeah, and then and then decided uh to come to DC in like uh, what was it, 2014. Okay. I just picked up and moved from Florida, uh, you know, figured you could kind of jump markets, uh, in, in journalism, I think, in a way that maybe you couldn't before because you can kind of establish a brand kind of separate from where you work based on social media and
0: absolutely. And,
1: like that. And, uh, and yeah, you know, found my way eventually into, into politics and policy and then, you know, even more recently into energy and climate. So it's, it's been a, a little bit, I think of an unusual arc compared to a lot of uh, journalists, but, you know, uh, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun.
0: You are episode, your episode 87 of the show. And so I've found that everybody has a little bit of a different path, how they get into it, but it is always uh, you you sort of come to it honestly, right? I mean, you come to it in a way where you're just curi- curious about the the issues, curious about the industry, and then sort of find yourself in this place. The first you had a couple of different spots before you arrived at Politico. You're new-ish to Politico. Um, has it always been energy and the environment, or how did that how did that happen for you?
1: No, yeah, not at all. Yeah, so my my first gig in D.C. I worked for the Daily Signal, which was a the Heritage Foundation, the conservative think tank. They started a news site. Yeah, and I honestly, went into that like not really knowing much about Heritage, but they're like, hey, we want to you know have a traditional news site and right. have traditional journalists like with, you know nonpartisan backgrounds and. Uh, yeah, it was kind of my way into DC. And when I was there, I was there for about three years. I covered like everything. I covered immigration, criminal justice, foreign policy, oh, actually wow. almost everything but energy. Is that right? Um, yeah, kind of kind of funny. Um, you know, covered Congress, really obviously focusing a lot on the Republicans and the in the conservatives and yeah, eventually, uh, you know, I, it was back in 2017. I, I transitioned over to the Washington Examiner, mm-hmm. thought you know, more traditional news outlet. Obviously, still kind of in the right of center. Yeah. Uh, so it was a natural transition. But there, I was really covered to, or sorry, hired to to cover like breaking news and just you know everything under the sun again, and, wow. and not really having a beat. But but I'd say it was maybe. A year or two into that uh they had an opening on the energy and environment beat uh we had a we have a newsletter or they had a newsletter daily on energy mm-hmm. and uh there was an there was one author they wanted a second one because this beat was was so intense there was so much going on this was so much going you know, during on. the trump administration there was a lot happening yeah. and uh i thought hey if i have a beat like maybe i could really own that and and really get to know you know that it was it was great kind of getting my hands on everything but i thought if i focus on one area i could really maybe differentiate myself and really get, you know, better sourcing. And, right. uh, and yeah, it just kind of fell into energy environment. And haven't stopped since and have just kind of like come to, to love the area. I just feel like there's, there's so much going on. There is it's very so much beat.
0: to yeah. cover. So as much as it's sort of a considered, you know, if you think about sort of the energy beat, it is, there are so many avenues you can take, right? There's so many different directions you can go with what you're covering. And now you're at Politico and Politico is uh, amongst many of the publications in town have so many different tracks and so many different things that they're producing uh, on a daily basis. Talk to me a little bit about your role there. I know you have the podcast. Uh, You're producing regular news articles. Are you also on a newsletter? Tell me a little bit about sort of your uh, position there and how that looks.
1: Yeah. So I'm, you know, technically on the Politico Pro, like energy and environment reporting team. So, right. you know, Politico Pro is our subscriber mm-hmm. based, um, you know, site. And we, yeah, there's about eight, you know, seven or eight of us on the energy environment team. And uh, yeah, I mean, my role specifically is I'm the person on the energy environment team who's really focused on Congress. So I'm, yeah. I'm in the Capitol you know, three, four days a week when they're, when they're in session, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, tracking, tracking votes, uh, you know, chasing stories. Yep. I mean, I came in right when the Democrats reconciliation bill was, was uh, hot, you know, front and center. So that was a big focus of mine permitting more recently with yeah. uh, Senator Manchin mm-hmm. uh, priority that uh, suffered a setback, but we'll see if that comes back. So, so yeah. And then I have the, you know, I have this podcast, uh, political energies podcast that I do uh, every weekday. Uh, so that's kind of interviewing fellow uh, journalists on my team mostly sometimes we'll get you know a politician on on there a policymaker. Um, so that's that's a part of my daily routine and then um, and then yeah I mean because our our issues are so front and center like with Opec's recent decision to to cut oil production I mean I've had opportunity to report I mean our stories go on the main Politico site we we're, we're uh, interacting sometimes I'm collaborating with our you know normal like Senate reporters um you know ber nice. Everett's our you know our big big time, Uh, Congress reporter, our bureau chief, you know, we collaborated on a permitting story because that, I mean, it just feels like our issues are are like front and center. So, Mm -hmm. um, So yeah, there's, you know, I'm a policy reporter, but it's Politico. So there's always a politics element. There's always opportunity to to uh, interact with others who aren't on the energy team who I see in the Capitol, defense reporters. um, So, so yeah, I mean, Well, they need your expertise on on those
0: specific issues too, because they're covering sort of the, the, you know, the machinations of how the Senate and house are moving. And then they need to sort of better understand that deeper dive. That's the thing, the point, Something that really that struck me earlier when you talked about sort of moving around and learning so much about all these different issues. It's like that's one of the the t- the tricks of of journalism and and really on the PR side too, is that like we have to be quick studies and we have to get really smart. But when you get yourself into a space where you can really start to get deeper into the policy and better understand the issues, um, it certainly it gets to be a lot more fun because you can be a resource and you can be a real big asset to the folks on your team. When you are, when you're doing your interviewing every day with your um, with your podcast, are you you're talking to journalists about the news of the day and what sort of the sh- I see that it's very short, which seems to be sort yeah. of the model. So it's quick and it's a quick conversation, just a few minutes so people can get their news, get in and get out.
1: Yeah, I mean, generally, I'm talking to a fellow journalist on the team about about, you know, kind of the the story of the day from our team that we feel like, you know, pre- presses forward. It's not necessarily like a recap of something that happened, unless it's something major, you know, like I was on, I was the guest yesterday, my producer, or sorry, this morning's podcast, uh, uh, Friday morning that just came out where uh, my producer interviewed me about, o, you know, OPEC okay. and some of the options yeah. that Democrats are talking about to respond to what they did. Um, but yeah, generally, you know, it's, it's kind of a push it forward story, or maybe a, you know, a, b- a bigger picture, deeper dive. And, and yeah, we're just, you know, it's three, four questions. Uh, we, we you know, the format, they do feel like it, under 10 minutes. I mean, while you're making your breakfast or, Walking your dog in the morning—it's it's just <laughs> you know—I I appreciate a longer, deep dive conver- conversation as well. I mean, I know there's uh, different audiences cater- or different podcasts cater different audiences. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a, yeah, a drive time
0: audience. Cater- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My friends tell me that they listen to the yeah. show on their way into the into the you know from Alexandria to Virginia or from you yeah. know Maryland to or Maryland to DC wherever they have to go. So their short thirty minute uh, commute, they'll listen to the Friday Reporter. Nice. Um, nice. Talk to me. A little bit about, um, because you've covered so many different things, is there a particular story? Is there a particular project? Is there something that you sort of that sticks out in your mind is one that you're especially proud of?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think my coverage, you know, because of where I've worked, I mean, I feel like I've really covered the Republicans closely, especially on kind of their evolution on, on climate change and just coming to, you know, recognizing the issue as a problem that they need to come up with a policy response to. So I think I've been they're very much on top of their machinations and what they're doing. And have broken all sorts of stories on that. I think most recently at Politico, um, I had, I had a story, um, earlier this year, just about how Republicans are actually kind of taking from the Trump trade playbook are starting to look at like ways to incorporate climate in trade and to potentially come up with a policy to impose some sort of, um, Tariff or, you know, technically it's called a carbon border adjustment, but there's Mm -hmm. something on on high, you know, carbon intensive imports coming in. And I was really on top of, you know, some some of the policymakers who are really leading on that, like Senator Kevin Kramer, Senator Bill Cassidy. These are Republicans from, uh, you know, North Dakota. big energy uh, states
0: yeah mm-hmm. energy state in louisiana
1: mm-hmm. and and they're not people you would yeah naturally like think would be you know wanting to come up with a solution here but they're actually were you know having conversations with trump world like former you know tr- former trump trade advisor robert lightheiser to to kind of bring credibility with conservatives to this issue it's still early days and there's no like legislation yet but i think that's like an area that i'm really on top of where if republicans take the House or or even the Senate, um, you you would see that as kind of front in their agenda. And Democrats have, are, you know, very interested. A Chris Coons of Delaware is is really on top of that. A Sheldon White House, of Rhode Island. So so it's one of these areas that's, you know, there's bipartisan interest. Um so yeah, I think, you know, I have added a lot of color to that conversation. And just generally, I think my reporting on the Republican side um has, you know, has broken some ground. Well the
0: evolution has been dramatic from the time that I worked in the energy space myself, having been sort of um it's just changed so much. And it's it's a good change, right? It's a change that is, I mean, if we're smart about it, um, R's and D's and, and really just the country in general, this is an opportunity for us, right? This is a, this is, if we can figure this out, uh, well, then we're going to set the tone for the rest of the globe, right? And that's the kind of thing that we always talked about when we were, um, when I was in the industry even, just that mm-hmm. this is an opportunity that really could be seized on. So it'd be fun to see um well, agreement on just about anything would be fun to see at this point. But, um, but yeah. but so much of energy too now, not only in the Congress and not only on the Republican side, but also on the in the ballot, right? I mean, it's really energy is like on the ballot this year with the discussion about mm-hmm. the cost of, you know, the cost of gas and the cost of, um, goods and services and the you know the holdup that that has caused in terms of supply chain. Like, it's really prevalent. People are talking about it across the dinner table, right? And that's that's got to yeah. be interesting too for you.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I just uh, had a a, bit, a midterm story that, I mean, we we ended up gearing towards the OPEC decision on how, you know, I've, I have had conversations up to that, like for months with Republican operatives, Democrats, uh, you know, campaign staff for for certain candidates. And I mean, Republicans were really counting on high energy prices as, as being, you know, the most, especially gasoline prices, as the most visible form of the high inflation that we're experiencing. And that was the issue they were really pressing in the midterms. But then we had the summer where prices, you know, came down for 99 straight days at the the pump. And, um, you know, there was a, uh, in in talking with some staffs, it was on the Republican side, hey, we need to broaden the message. We know abortion came up, immigration, and former President Trump's uh, presence and some of the, you know, Senate candidates uh, that he's influenced there. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, but then this, you know, I think this OPEC decision does kind of bring it, bring it right back. I mean, we'll see, about you know the mar- real real market impacts of gasoline prices i mean i think some of it um it might be might be overstated we've are, we are we're already seeing some increases in certain markets like california where there were some refinery
0: wow. outages
1: so i mean that some of that's baked in um so we'll see uh we'll see how that plays out but yes i mean clearly this is still uh you know the republicans will tell you it's it's just you know this is a, a kitchen table election uh you know they're really talking about prices they're talking about crime i mean these are these issues they're they're focused on democrats want to broaden that conversation and say look i mean biden has has been very aggressive in trying to address high energy prices he's released historic amounts of you know Of crude oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, right? I mean, they have the Inflation Reduction Act, which they say will reduce dependence on fossil fuels over time. So uh, it'll be interesting interesting to see how um, it plays out, but it's definitely a front and center issue, I think, more than we've we've seen. Yeah.
0: And I think that that probably makes the beat a little bit more fun, a little more exciting. I mean, not that it's not already so many opportunities and so many things to talk about. Uh, All right. So when you're not talking about energy, and you're not writing about it, and you're not podcasting about it, what kinds of things are keeping you busy?
1: Yeah, so I, you know I'm very into into sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kept that as my as my hobby. So I uh you know as far as uh, recreation Are race, you uh, a White Sox
0: or are you? I mean oh, I'm a White Sox White, White Sox. Sox
1: fan on baseball. You uh-huh. know, I I've uh south side uh, in my family. So yep. um yeah, Chicago Bulls, uh Bears. Well, it's a suffering sports city. Not not a lot of success since the Jordan years and I was I was pretty I was pretty much too young to enjoy that. Um, That's all right. But uh <laughs> but yeah, I'm all, you know, I play tennis uh like to eat, eat, uh, you know, I'm a foodie, eat different kinds of foods, you know, travel um, into music, hip-hop music. Uh, got it. Yeah, but no, I'm mostly Hip-hop, just, going back to I'm, I'm, that original yeah.
0: review that you did way, way back yeah, when, exactly. right? I love oh, it.
1: But yeah, no, I'm mostly, I'm I mean, I'm a news junkie, so... I'm I wrote
0: a know, term paper know. in college about the Black Sox, about the Chicago Black Sox, and got an A on it. It was a dynamite oh. paper. My father, to this day, still teases me that maybe I bought it, which I did not. I wrote it legitimately, but he was like, I'm not sure. Why are you so interested in this? But what a fascinating story about that. Okay, where, where did you go to school? I went to Trent State College. I grew up oh, okay. in New Jersey. Yeah, but for, I'm, but I'm a baseball. Yeah. kid like i grew up a that's yankees true. fan so but i love nice. baseball i love sports and that's a big thing uh have you watched the bear have you watched the show for about oh, chicago yeah, yeah. yeah. No, what a I great love, show
1: love that show just great yeah representation of chicago and just like yeah they just even like the imagery and the setting of it is really cool and like all the shots of the of the train and the metro and the, yeah it makes you little, feel yeah. like you're
0: getting a little flavor of the city right i love it yeah, there.
1: no it's a, it's a really cool show that's great that. mm-hmm.
0: so have you been back do you get back at all
1: yeah, yeah, my mom, my mom's still there, uh-huh. family. So we, yeah, I go a couple times a year, and uh, you know, sum- summertime Chicago's got that uh, great reputation. So great, yeah, great music festivals and yeah. all things going on. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good good time of year to be not there. though. I mean, it starts to get cold. here, it I comes, know, right? I, it's I mean, on I, the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't see the sun for weeks and months, nope. and uh, so I don't miss that aspect of it. Yeah. Anymore.
0: Awesome all right so last question of the show is always uh, I'm looking for a recommendation for the next episode for the podcast is there somebody on your team somebody you've worked with could be a DC person could be anywhere is there someone that you think would be a good guest for a future episode
1: Wow let me think about that so you're thinking in the energy space or could be outside? anywhere
0: could be anybody could be anybody on your team could be somebody you've worked with in Florida you know uh, but I more than anything, the podcast started as sort of an inside the Beltway conversation and has really sort of started to expand out from there. I've talked to some folks from Arkansas. I've talked to some folks from um, mm-hmm. uh, really all over, and I'm just trying to expand my network. So if you've got a buddy or a friend, and you can reserve the right to let me know after the fact too. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't just want to uh, put someone on the spot and then like miss out on someone. But I mean, for my, for my team, I mean, I think like a you know Zach Coleman is interesting, right? He reports a lot on the um, international climate space, and um, you know someone who's who's been with us a long time and was kind of influential in helping me get a, a opportunity here at Politico. So uh, so yeah, he he's great on energy, and yeah, I mean. Burgess. Uh, I was going to say, Burgess, this would be it's Burgess's really second nomination.
0: I'm pretty yeah, sure that he was not, also nominated by John Bresnahan. So let's yeah, put him on the hot seat, he's too. Super,
1: he's super. Uh, I mean, he's kind of his. I, I'd be curious what you can get out of him as far as describing his process. I, he's always like lurking <laughs> in some hallway that I'm like. What? That is the creature of the yeah, Senate, he, though. I mean, that yeah, it, those, he, that, those he, guys uh, have a special
0: kind of sauce <laughs> that they do. Um, all right, cool. Well, I'll put both those guys on your list for recommendations. And Josh, I'm really grateful for your time today. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Lisa. It's fun. Appreciate it.
0: And that's today's Friday reporter podcast, a podcast in partnership with PR daily, a tremendous and helpful guide for all things, public relations, find us there on their website and join us again for another episode soon. Thanks so much. On the morning of August 1st, 1966,